Morning, guys, and welcome back to the Eminem update on the Natty scene with your two perfectly combined coasts, 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 co-hosts, co-hosts, <laughs> or hosts, whatever you want to call us. Anyway, you know who we are, AJ and Vic. Um, and hey today we are going to run through um, a load of stuff which is going to be nice and short because we know that you don't like cardio in the off-season, so you tend to switch off after 35 minutes. So, quick update from the big M. Mr. Morris, how has your week been? Yeah, hey guys. So, um, yeah, like Vicky says, we noticed that sort of you kind of like the bit shorter episodes as opposed to 45, 50 minutes. So, we're going to try and keep every update around about 30 to 35 minutes for like cardio or or the, um, the step listening. So, yeah, my week was very interesting. After we got off the podcast on Friday last week, I got uh, hit by the plague. So I spent Friday... I so funny. I was like... I, I On Friday, I was like, ah, oh, fuck. Like, I am <laughs> ill. And so, obviously, the way to combat that was to travel up to tra- Crayford and train legs. So I trained... Uh, I did my sort of first set of deadlift and then felt like I'd been... Ah, oh, just my... F- throat felt horrendous <laughs> so um then obviously finished the rest of the leg session and took pbs on everything else <laughs> why the hell and, not um and then after after that i i was on the way home in the car eating plenty of carbohydrates and also feeling very hot very cold in shivers and i knew that i'd reached a point of no return on that illness so i then took saturday off which was meant to be a training day shock horror and then I took Sunday off, which is normally a rest day anyway. Um, I also then took Monday off because I Good was God. ruined. So three days, three days in a row off. Um, so I, science will dictate that you've lost all of your gains yes, in those three I, days. I did lose a lot of tissue in three days. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was that, which is not very fun at all. So mm-hmm. anyone that has that sort of fluey bug, I feel for you because it wipes you out. It gives you no energy and it makes you feel like garbage. So that wasn't fun. Um, but Tuesday, got back into the gym, uh, started with push. I'm now on a new setup in terms of my split. So essentially, I'm like three on, one off, two on, one off. Um, oh. So essentially, the way that I set that up is push, legs, pull, rest, off. Uh, sorry, rest off. Fucking hell. Rest off. Rest. <laughs> <laughs> two, two two separate things rest and then uh and then lower upper cool um so uh still hitting things uh or body parts at least two times per week um mm. depending uh, arms get hit a little bit more frequently purely because i tag them at the end of some other sessions because they're so weak they need to come up um but yeah that was my week so a little bit of a change of things and just appreciating recovery curves a little bit more me and vicky are talking about it like uh, as we're pushing up our numbers in the gym, we're finding that our recovery, t- not necessarily from a soreness perspective, but just feeling that systemic fatigue. So just mm. feeling like you're tired, feeling like you're not getting enough sleep, even when you are getting good sleep. You know, all these signs are basically trying to force your body to adapt are coming in. And you don't really get that when you're dieting. You get into a great routine of, of sleep, you know, meals, etc., which we're still in at the moment, but you get into that routine, you combine that with trying to maintain training volume, and you kind of can just tickle out, like trick over and, and not have any issues with regards to fatigue levels. But you've got to notice these things when you're gaining because you've got to think of each session as like trying to maximize it, not just trying to like, okay, I want to train six days a week. 
I'll train six days a week for the hell of it. You know, you'd rather train five days a week and make those five days absolutely perfect as opposed mm. to making six days, you know, just like ticking the boxes with six days of training. So um, that's me. I did lose a little bit of weight from being ill, but slowly gaining that back now. Um, it didn't really rob me of my appetite um, too much. It just, well, I just, I just couldn't really feasibly force the food down my mouth which i would do on a training day when i couldn't breathe out my nose it just made me feel like shit when i was eating so i just basically i i ate a little bit less but evidently yeah, not enough. enough um yeah so yeah um that was me and how was your week yeah, this week has been good. Um, there has been a couple of um, things that have cropped up, like the whole tiredness thing. And my bloating that I've been getting this week has just been, shit. for use of a better... Yeah, for use of a better word, it has been shit. Um, to the point where, you know, I'm actually looking about six months pregnant. It was awful, wasn't it? Yeah, um, you sent me a photo. I sent you, yeah, I sent An you image. a photo. And it was just absolutely awful. And I've got this nice, really tiny kind of well abdomen i suppose and then this massive bloat that just kind of appears from nowhere but i have mm. no idea what it actually is and what's causing it um so to the point where i've, I've arranged to have a doctor's appointment um after this podcast actually so hopefully i'll get some kind of referral to see what goes on with that now Definitely. um so the one thing that i want people to take from here is that if you do have some bloating bloating is not normal Right, your stomach should be realistically flat throughout the entire day, unless obviously you have like a huge volume of food, yeah. and then you get a food baby thing going. Something on. out of the norm. Yeah. yeah, but if you have this extended bloating, and the way that I would describe having bloating rather than a food baby is that you would still have visible abs if you're lean, and you bloat. Hmm. Whereas on the food baby thing, it's you, your abs tend to disappear. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what the difference is with that or, or why it happens, but that's how I can tell that I've got bloats or I've just eaten a lot of food. So just be aware of that. If it if you do bloat, it's not normal. So go and get it checked out. Yeah, especially if you're uncomfortable, or you're constipated or stuff like that. Yeah. But other than that, training has been really really good. Um, I have stuck to my goal of increasing my overhead press every single week. Um, so this week I did it by two and a half kilos, and I just missed my eighth rep. So my rep range was between six and eight. Last week I got thirty five kilos for a solid eight, and it was an easy eight. Um, this week I did thirty seven and a half for a solid seven and basically muscle failure <laughs> at that trying to do the last eighth rep so i was a bit pissed with that however um it worked really well so i was very very pleased and um, my subsequent down sets were all 35 kilos for eights and nines so i was very very happy with that um, awesome. so training is going very very well um, uh, you also probably see from my Instagram I went out for dinner with my little boy uh, for his birthday which was fairly epic um, mm. and one thing that I did notice and I spoke to you about as well AJ again is that even though I've been out of my competing phase since um, October I still do not have that off button with my ghrelin levels they're still very honest up. very honest yeah. person you are oh yeah absolutely you know i think it's very it's it's 
if you just kind of go, oh, yeah, it was great, and I had this, and then I was fine. No, I'm not gonna, it's I'm not gonna lie. kid a kid. Absolutely, yes. I'm not gonna kid a kid. We are all about honesty on this podcast. At the end of the day, um, I had a starter, I was fine. I had my burger, I was fine, and then I was hungry, and the guys wanted pudding, so I had a pudding, which I did not plan into my macros at all. But there was American pecan pie on the menu, and I am a sucker for pecan pie because it's incredible. Um, so I had that and then, you know, there was no kind of off switch because I mean, don't get me wrong. I didn't go out and binge because I knew that I didn't want to do that. But uh-huh. my brain, my brain and my body was there saying, no, 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 you want to eat, you want to eat. And the kids were all there going, oh my God, I'm in a food coma. And Scott was in a food coma, really struggling. And I'm like, no, I can eat all of that again. Very, very simply. So so just because you have been in a quote-unquote gaining phase or a surplus for a few months, it doesn't mean that your hormone levels are reset properly. Oh, dear God. <laughs> AJ just nearly kicked himself in the face with the microphone. That was actually quite funny. <laughs> Christ. It, and it was fucking the, the dangerous, this thing. Eh? The it's shock factor of me eating all this food and still wanting more food, that's what it was. Mm. But anyway, so yeah, so I don't expect your hormonal levels to be at a perfect, um, you know, they're not going to bounce back immediately, even if you are in a big surplus. I mean, I'm on nearly 3,000 calories now daily because I have linear calories, and yet I'm still finding that I am hungry and I know when I need to eat and I want to eat. And apparently when I go out for food, I want to overeat. So... You know, don't beat yourself up if you're still feeling a bit hungry as well. But there you go. That's my anecdotal experience. Yeah, so, sure. um, yeah, so let's get on to today's subject based on that, actually. Um, we're going to discuss something that's big in the media at the moment, which is anecdotal versus scientific principles um, in regards to bodybuilding and how we apply them and what we do. Mm. So, AJ, why don't you start, dude? Yeah, sure. So I, I think, you know, when you look at different practitioners and different coaches, um, there, there was generally in the past like a, a divide between people who would date, take and uh, apply the science and they would almost be called like the science-based practitioners. Um, the reality is that pretty much all coaches now or at least all decent coaches will understand the science. But the, the divide that I see now is that peop- the, 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 there's, a, there's a large difference between people who just literally all they think is within this box of science and that any anecdotal stuff that they see they they almost try to disregard it if it's not proven by the literature which in a sense is is fine i'm sure that you can still coach like that and and get great results and obviously keep people safe and well as a result because you're staying within the confines of of scientific scientific literature but what you've got to remember is that what a lot of the studies and the literature that's coming out um hasn't really provided us with is really solid data on people that are actually in the sport doing the sport on over a long term like long-term periods Um, of course there's been studies done on bodybuilders but there hasn't been a lot because no one's going to fund that kind of shit you know Mm -hmm. people are going to fund the stuff with the like scientific literature is going to be funded by people who want to find out more about things that we potentially really want to prove for the general population so it just makes things understandable so things like creating caloric deficit to lose fat that's something that's going to just stand in stone there's 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 not going to be something that comes out and sort of proves that wrong so 
whilst you know for for example the way that i coach and um vicky is very similar is that if i see something that is working with a client or is working with me or is working with someone else that's just literally just talking about why it's working i'll be inclined to try that i'll always be inclined to try it first with myself and then if i think that it's applicable to a certain client i'm going to apply it with that client um and I'm also going to do that in the gym when it comes to doing movements a specific way or programming my training in a specific way. Um, because at the end of the day, there's not been a study done on me and there's not been a study done on many professional bodybuilders, natural, enhanced, whatever, that tells you exactly how to train or exactly how to eat. And if there was, everyone would look pretty fucking similar on pretty fucking similar programs yeah. the anecdotal stuff is why things are individualized and why things work different for different people that's why we have the power of anecdote and the power of does this work okay cool let's do it more um so i i, I just think the frustrating thing that, that that really gets me is when is when people just don't they're not prepared to to, to take this case study of who is big and who looks amazing and what do they do instead they look at okay mr doctor has published this mr doctor must be right i will do what that i will do that and that only mm. and then when their physique doesn't grow or doesn't improve drastically the second calling to that always seems to be fucking genetics it's like, yeah. oh, oh, well, you know, it's not the way that I train or eat or sleep. It, it's the fact that I just haven't got the genetics for the sport. Well, yeah, I haven't got the insertion points. So, some of some of the yeah. best bodybuilders out there with crazy fucking physiques didn't have good genetics. Mm. But they did do something that you can look at as someone with poorer genetics. And you can think, hmm, what, what did that person with bad genetics do? Did they, you know, did they spend like years and years trying to devise the most optimal approach or do they just work their absolute ass off and and, and mm -hmm. nine times out of ten the people with really not so good genetics have really just worked their ass off and that's yeah. what's taken them to where they need to be big um, example of that sorry to just jump in i yeah. wanted to let people know big example of that is doug miller I mean, look at Doug yeah. Miller. Jesus Christ. When I well, he's a genetic him, freak. He's certainly got good genetics. But, you know, if you listen to his um, um, his interviews, yeah. he never actually had a good baseline of genetics from what he explains. Yeah. But I, I mean, I'd, I'd say, like I'd say off, he's definitely it? not in the ballpark of someone who's got poor genetics. No, absolutely. Um, he's, he, he's someone that, yeah, he probably maybe didn't have like a great start point, potentially. He wasn't someone yeah. that just looked crazy muscular. But... Yeah, he certainly worked his ass off, but I think, you know, his his ability to a adapt and grow tissue, like, there's something out of that, out of, the, out of this world there. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, he is crazy. crazy work ethic. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, likewise, if you said, you know, you listen to things that Doug said on podcasts, things that Doug said on podcasts and then things that people have said about Doug is that when Doug was at his prime, he was absolutely obsessed like yeah. Doug wouldn't go anywhere without a meal. Doug wouldn't ever miss a train se training session. Doug would never allow anything to get in his way. And actually, 
it, it, it actually made his lifestyle pretty shit when he was coming up as a pro bodybuilder because he was talking about sort of like he wasn't able to have a social life. Um, it was only until he met his now wife or fiance, um, yep. or girlfriend, I'm not exactly sure their relationship, um, that he actually started having a life a little bit more and sort of settling down. Um, but sometimes that's what it takes to mm. get to the top. It's like you sometimes got to be super selfish and put yourself first and tick your boxes like day in day out like dug dig um so yeah but i think you know examples of of poorer genetics might be someone that just you know started off with something really really poor and then didn't adapt at all so that's like yeah. they they really had to work around things like you know john meadows as an enhanced athlete he never had good genetics and he had to adapt everything that he did to like his training, his nutrition because of his colon thing. Um, yeah, yeah. He had to adapt so much to get to where he was, yet he still managed to turn pro. Yeah, it yeah. took him until he was like, you know, quite old. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. Um, but, it, but he did it. And he did yeah. it through perseverance. Um, so, so And he's still for, like that now. Yeah, yeah He's still sure. like that now. He's just crazy. Um, for you, Vicky, like when, when it comes to like setting up a client, right? Mm. So how much do you look into like from a like a training and nutrition perspective like when you're setting them up how much do how much weight do you put in like the things that you've read from like scientific literature versus okay i've got a client who's this old doing this job etc and i'll compare that to another client that's quite similar and i'll see what works like what 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 do you sort of do when you take on board that person i tend to look at it as an individual person i don't tend to kind of go well this person fits into this scientific box and therefore i'm going to give them this mrv this this amount of reps this amount of weight because it just doesn't work like that. I mean, what I would normally do is I would set them up on a like, say for example, I'll take I'll take an example of a client that I've just taken on. Okay. Well, it wasn't just taken on, but it, like last month or whatever. Um, and she is uh, coming up to forty. Okay. She's fairly slim. Yep. She's got a bad relationship with food to the point where she'll eat about fifteen hundred calories every day, and then obviously have a bad day emotionally, and then go and binge on some chocolate and blah blah mm. blah. So it kind of sets her off a deficit. Hence the reason why she's been maintaining. Okay. But she has she has this skinny fat look. So she's been going to the gym. Um, she's been going through the motions, same plan. Um, you know, day in day out for four four times a week, um, and not progressing on anything. Mm. You know kind of people that you see 40 kilos on a leg press and just kind of doing eight reps and, you know, going through the motion type thing. Yes, yeah. So what I do is I analyze her diet. That is the bit that I look into a scientific purpose, especially for women, for the simple fact that they are chronically low on certain minerals, vitamins, nutrients, and that kind of thing. And because I do have nutritional analysis software um, from, from when I did my certification, I will put that in and I will make suggestions on what they can include in their diet in order to optimize their hormones, you know, right, especially yeah. when we get to a certain age. So that, I suppose, would be the more scientific element of what I do. Yes. Um, yeah. And that is individualized science. Yeah. Um, when it comes to training, I will set them up based on their biomechanics when I've yeah. analyzed them and what they can and can't do. So like if they've got a lower back problem, for example, I won't put anything like, you know, a lot of lower back loading and things like that in it. 
But then every single week, I will get them to send me a video of their main lifts and get them to send me a rundown of what they personally feel has been working for them. Yeah. And then on their based on their measurements, their scale weight and their pictures, I will then change things that's adapted to them based on my anecdotal experience. 100%. So the lifts that I put in and put out or take out, for example, on a weekly basis may just be down to the fact that, okay, she's complaining of her knees caving in on this thing, but not on this particular thing. So based on my experience doing that particular exercise, I know that I need to change this or suggest a certain way about doing that. There's no scientific principle behind that mm. at all. You know, it's completely based on that person's makeup, um, how long their femurs are, you know, whatever like that, and based on the fact that, well, I found that this works for me. You're about a similar build to me, um, obviously with different muscular structure. So based on that, I'm going to change this and change that, you know. But I do tend to base it on the individual's perspective on their own training as well, but with my anecdotal experience. Yes. And if they come to me and they say, I've trained four days this week and I am absolutely beaten up to high heaven, then it's like, okay, so maybe you just can't recover from four days. Or maybe instead of doing two on, one off, two on, we need to do one on, one off, one on, one off and see what your recovery is like on that side of things. Mm. So it's a lot of manipulation so we get the perfect plan for that particular client. Mm. Um, now, don't get me wrong. I absolutely love the science. I'm a bit of a geek. Yeah. But the amount that I study and the amount that I learn is probably tenfold what I actually put into my programming. Sure, sure. Because I base it on the individual. There's, or there's only so much that science can dictate yeah. what the individual just will not respond to. Yeah, yeah. You know, for me, keeping an RPE of eight and keeping two reps in reserve will do fuck all. I don't the thing I don't like about that is the just the psychological thought of keeping two reps in reserve now that's not to say that I don't ever do something and I could have done two more because sure. if I took everything to failure in the gym I I wouldn't be able to train even five days a week because yeah. the fatigue element and the danger and the injury risk would just be ridiculous mm. but of course I have those sets where I, I don't I don't put a number in my head. I just say, I'm going to go until I can't do another good rep. And that's as yeah. simple as it is. Um, but the psychological element of thinking, oh, like, um, oh, this this week is a, a two rep in reserve week. Like, yeah, I can't. I don't I fathom it. I legit hate that. I yeah. hate to train like that. Well, because... that's like a deload. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is. So, so you're basically training to deloading every week. And I, I personally don't. I mean, I can't do it. If somebody said to me, right, okay, you've done your eight reps, put it down now. And I'm like, but, but I could get like three more. No. <laughs> you know, I'd the, walk the... out of those sessions feeling like I have not, I have not maximized that session. Yeah. Um, yes, you've done work, but what work is it? You know? Yeah. What, what, quali just, what quality yeah. of work is that? The issue again comes to what I mentioned in my post, um, which was yesterday or something, no, the day before. Mm. And it was like about, you know, telling a young trainee to hit RPE eights is, is really, really quite bad, I think, psychologically for that young trainee because they're going to get used to trying to constantly manage their intensity and manage their fatigue mm. so much so that they don't, they don't understand what a hard set is 
So mm. they're, they're always conscious that training should be something left, like there should be reps left. And mm. they haven't yet to experience something that's where they've taken it to a point where they can't do any more, but well. So yeah. <laughs> there might even be on a younger trainee, like up there, up there, RIR two or whatever, they 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 might hit a point where they've already hit muscular fatigue before they stop their set purely because they're doing reps that just a a crap because they yeah. don't they don't understand they don't understand what actual failure is and they don't understand what leaving actual reps is in the tank is. Mm. So I also don't get like how you'd analyze that as a coach because. If I was asking for a video from my client and I was like, you know, can I see your two reps in reserve squats? Like, how the fuck do I know that they had two reps left? Because yeah. they're just going to rack it after the after a, uh, after a rep that looks relatively easy, in my mm. opinion. From what I've seen from the reps in reserve training is that it gets racked after a rep that looks like, I don't know, maybe you could have had five more. How, yeah. how, how the hell do you know? You have to be a mm. very, ex- I think you have to have five years plus training experience to make that work Mm. Um, and and also it comes down to your perception of that rest that that rep and reserve wouldn't it yeah because it's like how to train hard exactly and do you know what two actually two left in reserve actually feels like it's like when when i know that i've got about two left in the tank i mean i'll never leave them but i know that i'm there going okay i've probably got about two left so i'm going to push my fucking hard hard to get my two out that is my two left in reserve but you know like if i use a leg press for example i've got my knees down by my ears and then i'm there saying okay this is going to be a fucking hard thing and i'm really pushing my dandest i'm feeling it in my glute i'm feeling it in my hamstring my quads are screaming but i'm still getting the full rep with full range yeah now somebody else who hasn't got that mentality i mean i know i'm a bit of a freak um but somebody else who hasn't got that mentality might actually think okay okay this is good this is good this is good i've got about two left so i'll stop Mm. do you know what i mean there's no shake there's no kind of like i mean but that might be their perception it might just be an easy rep and then logging it up you know whereas for like me and you that that eighth rep out of the 10 for our two left in reserve or an rp8 might still be screaming and blowing out of our ass but i know that i can still get two more yeah 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 agreed agreed so you know i think in principle it, it could be an approach that would work well to ma- to manage fatigue uh, and to keep people in check. But I just think that if you're applying that approach, you need to fucking damn well know that you know <laughs> where the failure mark is and you know that, that those two reps were going to be ball-busting reps if you had to take them. Um, mm. uh, and I think that that comes from initially just starting your training very, very basic and doing some sets where you do take things to muscular failure and having someone show you what it is. Because, yeah. you know, and I, I'm not sure if she'll listen, but I train with a bikini girl that's very clued up on her training. Very, very clued up. She knows how to program. She, you know, she she, she trains with good structure. She trains with good intent. But I took her through a leg session and she's never, ever, she honestly said she was like, I've never felt a set like that. I've right. never, she's never taken a set to full muscular failure ever before. And that was something that was done via changing a lot in terms of the way that she was initiating the movement, 
So getting how to really think about the movement and controlling it and making sure that everything was firing properly. So doing it well, execution. And then it was a case of telling her, you've got two more when she thought she had none. Mm. So that is the difference. And she got up, she, it took her about a minute and a half to get out of the fucking hack squat. Yeah. Because she was so, <laughs> so ruined. Amazing. Um, but then she was like, I love that. And I was like, yes. And imagine doing that every single session for a year. You, you will turn pro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Like that, that's the difference because she's already got crazy, crazy, crazy physique. It just shows you can get good results. So she's got good genetics yeah. um, and a really good work ethic. But, mm. you know, it's, it's that. And, and I didn't even learn these things until probably in the last year. You know, yeah. it was just reevaluating my movements and thinking, am I doing this right? Am I doing this with intent? Mm. Am I putting in everything into this set? You know, mm. I'd start questioning myself. And the reality was I, I really wasn't. I look back at some of my old training videos and yes, I was strong and I could move weight. But was I training with intent? And was I training with proper execution and taking things to muscular failure? No. I'd mm. very rarely see a set that was performed perfectly with intent and great execution. Very rarely see that. Mm. Um, a good example that, that I can the bring physique. up. Yeah, I mean, a good example of what I can bring up that is when I came down and I, I had a training session with you. Yeah. Um, I remember it was very, very cool, actually, because one, one, it was like one of my favorite epic sessions ever that we had because, you Same. know, the M&M, you know, trained together perfectly. Um, and that's the reason why AJ is going to move in with me and we're going to train every day together that's to make plan. every session epic. <laughs> um, but we were actually doing a seated overhead press with dumbbells. Yes. And um, I remember AJ pushing it above his head. And I said, come on, you've got two more. And he didn't say anything. And then he pushed it. I said, come on, you've got one more. And he went, yeah, it's there. Mm. So he knew that that was that one more. And we were in prep at that point as well. So it's not like we were pushing for progressive numbers. Mm. But it's like I knew that that last rep was going to be your failure rep. And you knew that that last rep was going to be your failure rep. Yeah, so, got the eye. You know, yeah, yeah. You know, so it was, it was just that. And that was it. So... I've had so many clients and trained with people before where I've gone, come on, you've got two more. And they've just racked it and gone, no, no, I don't. And it's like, what the fuck are you doing? You know, you're just training yourself shy. If, 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 someone, if someone signs up to train with me, signs up, that sounds so gay. Someone says, <laughs> someone says they want to train with me and they did that, I'm never training with them again. Quite simple. I don't. I, I don't. Even it if they text me, me after saying next week, I'd ignore yeah. the text. Yeah. Genuinely. <laughs> That's that's absolutely. There's no chance of be training with them again, because no. that like you, you can't you can't expect to be motivated by someone like that. Of course, if they're a client, of course you're trained. I train so many general population people. Um, yeah. It's so funny. Like you know, they do like ten reps in the tank, and they just ah fuck my leg. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, I can't walk. I can't Bulgari walk. It's on Bulgarian oh split squats, I had this one client that every time he'd do them he'd put his leg up do two reps and be like cramp done <laughs> i'd like, no. be like no mate like no um he never had cramp he just hated the exercise so eventually yeah, we took yeah. it out but um That's but yeah so it's just it's, it i do think that and this is why maybe vicky like we should run at some point i'd love to i'm sure you would too um like a camp um, like a one day camp where we just call it like how to train hard 
and yeah. we just get people in girls and guys small group of people and we say you know in this camp this day camp you are going to learn how to take things to muscular failure we're not only going to talk about we're not only going to take you to, through a session but we're going to talk about what personally we feel mentally you have to tap into to get to this point of reaching failure and training really really hard yeah. like um i think that would be cool um, i think that'd be epic how many people would sign up for that I don't know. Drop us a DM. <laughs> let us know. Drop let us, us know. A DM yeah, DM or um, Instagram are saying uh, that you'd love to do that, and we'll we'll yeah. start putting wheels in motion. Cool. Yeah. Right. Well, I think we should leave it there. And um, one, let you get off to your appointment, and two, let the listeners um, crack on with their day. That's it. Absolutely. So, um, in terms of hoodies, be epic. And um, in terms of, that's it, screenshot. Are we ready, guys? Three, two, one. (laughs) Perfect. Best time. Best time. (laughs) All right, guys. Love you lots. Same time, same place next week. Cool, guys. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye. Bye.